What's up, comic book fans? This is Pete, and we are Comic Books Transformed, where we talk about the adaptations from your favorite comic books into streaming shows and movies. Brian and I are at the end of our marathon, the last lap. We've been recording all day today, talking about uh, Doom Patrol, Loki, and Gen V. And now we finally got to the thing that I enjoyed the most, Invincible. Invincible's back. Brian, is Invincible the thing that you enjoyed the most this week? Uh, honestly, it was it's a close race, but honestly, I would say, I, I would put Loki is the thing I enjoyed the most this week. Nice, you but know, everything was fantastic. This was probably the best week we've had. Yes, all, considering you had four, we had four shows to watch. Yes, very very good point. Very good point. Uh, you know, just in the interest of time, I'm just going to cut the bullshit. This is spoiler central. What made this episode so good for me, and what made it, it put it ahead of the other ones is that sequence where they play Karma Police from Radiohead, and it's a montage of Mark just rescuing people. So, so fucking good. Yeah, he's kind of like rescuing people secretly on the side. Uh, It hasn't been a long, uh, much time hasn't passed since his battle with his dad. Uh, It's clearly weighing heavy on him. He's kind of like in an autopilot mode. He's not interacting with people. He's just doing it and then just disappearing. Uh, Fantastic intro, fantastic musical uh, choice there and yeah that was a great way to open the season yeah um you you know you've heard me say this 50 times so i'll I'll spare you but basically i always say that when you can sync up music with the imagery in a movie you can really make something magical and the example i always use is the transformers the movie i think they sync up music perfectly this sequence the music just like fits so fucking perfectly with what was happening and what i loved in particular wasn't necessarily like when he was saving people, but like he just kind of would like fly around and just kind of do like loops. And it was just this visual representation because I don't think there's any fucking dialogue said in that whole sequence. And it's just this, it, it, it like is this visual representation of what you just said, where he's kind of like lost, he's in his head, and it, it like shows with his flying. I, I just thought that was so well done. Yep. And, and there was one other sequence in that that I just want to point out that I think was so great too. There's a part where there's a guy that's um, getting put into an ambulance and they're about to leave and then Mark picks him up and you just see the, the sky going by fast and both paramedics kind of stop for a second. But what I really love is that one of the paramedics just goes and just starts doing the compressions. I love little details like that. Yeah, the, the one guy's looking around like what's going on and the one's like it's just stop, pause for a second, but continues on. And, you know, it's just, yeah, that kind of like stealth saving but autopilot sort of thing was just beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah so um you know let's talk about what else but i mean that alone kind of put it above everything else for me this week uh so oh, the, the the beginning that that's the second scene in the episode the the first scene is this alternate timeline oh my god yes yeah yeah so you want you want to talk about that uh yeah it opens with a uh, with an alternate timeline uh, so i mean they i needed a refresher on this show because it's been a really long time since season one ended and season one ended so incredibly with mm-hmm. one of the most like memorable, impactful dialogue exchanges I've ever seen in any, almost any show, you know, uh, let alone just superhero shows, you know, like, um, and that's with, with Omni-Man and, and fighting invincible, uh, and just, uh, the question he asked, like, you know, what will you have after 500 years? And he says, you, dad, you. Uh, even saying it again just just destroys me. Right, um, right. 
But yeah, so you're left with that, and we know that you know Omni Man flies off, and Mark is uh, is still around, and he did not join his father. But this reality shows what would have been like if Mark didn't just join his father, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's creepy because you, you just have you have Invincibles like like a, have a, like a message on a loop in this one city where just this one screen is working, everything else is just just destroyed. Uh, right. And they do some pretty, pretty brutal killing of, of, of people here. Uh, and there's like a resistance trying to fight them, uh, which includes uh, an older Adam, grizzled Adam Eve and um, Robot, robot, Mr. Immortal. Oh, no, just Immortal. Sorry. I'm, I'm mixing up to Doom Patrol now. <laughs> uh, so uh, and then ultimately this, this other character, uh, which uh, Angstrom, Angstrom, Angstrom Levy. Levy, yes. Who is that? Wayne Brady? Oh, probably, probably. Yeah. Because it it sounds like I know this voice, and it sounds like it. But um, he is kind of like the point of view that we're seeing this from, and then mm-hmm. he uh, he escapes, or uh, this version of him is, is able to escape from the destruction that uh, Omni Man and Invincible uh, are causing there, who have now found this resistance base, underground resistance base. Yeah. And it's it's a really upsetting sequence. It you know there, there's many many versions of this nowadays because multiverse is everything. But it, but you know honestly, Invincible did this kind of stuff before it became really big. I mean, the multiverse has always been a thing in comics, going back to like Crisis on Infinite Earths, of course. But but um, the idea of like fighting variants of yourself and stuff that that Invincible really kind of played this up during the comic book run. Um, usually on a show, especially because you'll, you'll have like Superman or like the Justice League or somebody will be evil, you'll have a sequence where they show a character that's beloved doing something evil, and it's like very quick. It's like a minute long sequence. But in this, this sequence went on for a while, and yeah. it was upsetting. Yeah, it, you know, and and and, and it, they're just like so dark, and it, it reminded me of the boys, which we also cover, you know, because they're they're just like, oh, let's we have to kill you guys. Like because you're part of the resistance, we have to kill all of you. And uh, you know, I'm real hungry. Can we go? Can we get through this quickly? Like it's just so cold and disturbing. Yeah, it's very dehumanizing. It's just like they're they literally are as as Omni Man called his wife a pets to them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, I was wrong. It's not Wayne Brady. It's Sterling K. Brown is actually Le- Le- uh, Levy. So oh, okay, I like Sterling K. Brown too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then just just one last thing. Really fucking disturbing. But like, it seems like Mark breaks. Uh, Adam Eve's neck, but then it's that like oh. she's not dead; she's oh. paralyzed, right? Yeah, and he said he was practicing it on protesters the week before. Yep. Oh so my god, up. it's been so casually, casually delivered, just bleak darkness. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think this is kind of broad stroke stuff, but the reason why I love Invincible so much, and and the thumbnail for this will be like, is this the best comic book adaptation? Is because it's as violent and disturbing as the boys, but it is not as cynical as the boys. It's it's upsetting and disturbing, but there is still this hope. And they were really, really smart to have this sequence of Mark being a bastard with his father, then cut to Mark being lost in his head with this Radiohead sequence, because it shows that, like, he's special. He's special because of who he is. He isn't going to turn to the dark side. And, uh, you know, 
it shows you what he would be like if he did. I think it's a great juxtaposition, those two scenes next to each other. Yeah, and, and later in the episode, we find out that um, in most other realities, um, uh, Mark does join his dad. Yeah, So this yeah. is a rare one. Right, right. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so the episode is really Angstrom Levy's uh, origin, where he and the Mauler twins are basically trying to conduct this experiment where they're going to take the knowledge of all of his variant selves and put them into one into his body um and he recruits them uh and it's just great because like the little interactions like them and their their cells talking to each other talking to the guard that they kind of tricked last time it's little things that just as a fan of the show you appreciate but it makes it feel like it's a lived in real place yeah um you just draw my memory about a detail that i really loved about this episode this was actually the first thing I watched this week. So this is a little fuzzier for me than the other stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um, you know, this episode, uh, this show is famous for um, of, of showing the title card in place of someone saying Invincible. Right. And right. we didn't do that until right. the very end, which right. I kind of love. Because when, when they started up and then Mark says Invincible at some point, but he actually says it. I was like, what? Like, wait, I, I took a minute to even remember why this felt weird. Yeah. And it hit me at the end when uh, when Angstrom is like, I will kill. And, and then Tyler. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And it's such a great detail. And and one of the best things was that it always had like a little bit of blood on it, right? Yeah. As it kept yes. getting, and then it got super bloody. Now it's like black, right? Yeah. With red letters. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> um, so... You know, obviously, like, Invincible goes to shut down the experiment at the end, and that's what leads to Angstrom Levy having this fucking ridiculous brain. It's kind of different from the comics because he kind of has this, like, broccoli brain head, which you'd see from, like, a 1950s kind of super villain. In the in the cartoon, he almost it almost looks like a cobra because it's kind of, like, going down the back of his neck. Yes. Um, I just want to see, like, what other details we should hit upon while we're talking about this. Oh, okay, so there's this great uh, sequence with... Um, his mother eating uh, like having some wine with the, I guess like the, the woman who was like married to like the flash of this universe. Yes. Yeah. Olga. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, the mom has this remorse and she, she feels guilty because her husband essentially killed this woman's husband, but the, the Olga is like very understanding of her. Yeah, no, they, they, they're very supportive of each other. She, she I mean, they kind of, there can't be many people that have gone through things like this. So they have kind of a, an understanding that, you know, yeah, it's really fucked up that that, that happened and all, but it wasn't each other's faults, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, like this episode really is just like the fallout from the season finale. It shows how it affects Mark and how it affects his mom. And, um, you know, there's all these supporting characters, like you said, where, They've kind of been in this world already, so they kind of know. Like, we see Mark leave <clears throat> for a little bit. She's trying to make him feel better. Uh, we see Mark talk to Cecil, and, he, like, he's trying to get Cecil to, to trust him. I For some reason, I thought that Cecil was um, – what, what's the guy that's from, like, uh, fucking Parks and Rec? That, Nick Offerman, right? Oh, that's, yeah, I can just kind of hear the notes. It's Walton Goggins, but uh, I can sort of hear, hear that why you might think it's Nick Offerman. Right. And and like um he he doesn't sound like Walter Goggins at all when he talks. Um I, I guess like Walter I Goggins so. he, he usually kind of plays like some kind of southern guy and like this sort of like flamboyant kind of guy. True, very true. But I, I mean I, I can hear it in there, but you're right. He usually does 
speak with an accent, and this character does not have that accent. Very straightforward, yeah. But um, I just I just like they did this whole sequence of like the Guardians of the Globe, and, and then like they show Cecil interacting with them, and then uh, you just forget what a big voice cast this is. Yeah, I actually have it up here. It's this, uh, you know, Stephen Young, Sandra O, oh, J.K. Simmons, Zazie Beetz, Sterling K. Brown, Walton Goggins, uh, Gillian Jacobs, Jason Manzukis. Uh, one of the, you know, then there's a lot, Zachary Quinto. And then there's a lot of like really established voice actors. Uh, Fred Tadasiori, Kevin Michael Richardson, um, Carrie Payton, you know, from uh, from Young Justice. Uh, uh, Greg Griffin, who was a storied voice actress. And uh, there's probably someone I'm forgetting that's really big too. Um, and then some, some new characters this season are, uh, we have Jay Farrow joining the cast. And uh, well, I, and I guess uh, Sterling K. Brown is new as well. Yeah, Jay Farrow, he does really good impersonations. I wasn't um, who's the guy from Fringe, and he was in John Wick. And he's in uh, Destiny. He's oh oh um oh my god, why am I not remembering his name? He just passed away, and I'm just devastated by it. Yeah, um, but like Jay Farrow might be like impersonating him because I think he even he had a character on this show too. No, but he this the he's playing Bulletproof, which is it was new. Oh okay okay, he's gotcha, the, he's yeah. that, that's the new character that joins that, and um yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, um, I'm, I'm really Lance glad. Reddick, you're... I'm sorry, I had to say Lance Reddick, Lance Reddick. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, uh, with the show, they just have such a talented cast, and a lot of times it's just like they do like little one line things, and that's it for the whole episode. You know, you yep. have this like person's a big actor. Um, and it's such a big cast with like so many different plot threads, but it mirrors the comic so well. And after Nolan leaves. Uh, you do have this whole arc with Angstrom Levy where he's kind of trying to take down Mark. And it's something that kind of builds up behind the scenes while Mark is having these little adventures. I feel like that's what season two is going to be about. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I have not read that far into the comic. We, we discussed this last when we reviewed Adam Eve. Uh, and that's where Lance Reddick was, did a voice. He was one of the, he was the military character in that, I believe. Um, so yeah, I, I own a bunch on comiXology but I, I definitely need to catch up on it uh, more. <laughs> oh my God, you, I, I totally forgot that. So like, yeah, how far did you get in the comic? Do you remember? I don't remember because I, I was reading it when the after the show or during the show, the first season of the show or after it or something. I don't yeah. remember. And how could I forget this too? Uh, and we were talking about voice actors. Peter Cullen joins the cast at this one, some point. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, we haven't seen his character yet, but I know he's coming too, yeah. Oh, man, there's so much good stuff coming up. This show is so freaking good. I, I love it. And I just I want to just point out that uh, Stephen Yun, I, I love Stephen Yun. You know, yeah. like, I, I know everyone likes him as Glenn from The Walking Dead, but I think what really got me sold on him was um, Keith in Ultra. Keith uh, Ultron. Ultron and this, yeah. Right, right. And and um, he's also in this show called uh, Beef, which is also on Netflix, which I really like that show too. And he's great yeah. in that. Uh, and he's great in... Um, uh, what? Nope. The movie Nope. I, I haven't seen Nope. Uh, one thing I saw him in that I liked him in, it's more of a supporting role. But uh, it was, was it sorry to sorry to bother you? Oh, he's in that too. I I, I, kinda, I saw that. I can't remember what he is in that. Yeah, it's like it's a really, really right? weird trippy movie, but it was really good. Y yes, agreed, agreed. Yeah, but sorry to bother you. Invincible. Nope. All these things that we're mentioning that he's in and beef. These are all things where 
they just kind of feel fresh and different and hip. And that feels very different from like the Marvel stuff and the, the Star Wars stuff. It's just stuff that's like, you could tell there's a vision behind it. And this show, I just, I just love this show so much, man. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so anyway, was there anything else you wanted to say about this first episode of Invincible? Uh, no, I think we covered, I mean, very quickly covered all of it. And, you know, we'll have more to say next week. Yes, sir. So Brian and I covered Doom Patrol. We covered Gen V. We covered Invincible. And we covered uh, Loki. So make sure you guys check out each of those videos when they're up. Uh, but we will be back next week to talk about Invincible Season 2, Episode 2. And make sure you guys subscribe so you can join us for that. We'll see y'all.